Superpowers on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that lifts the voice of love from orgasms to superpowers and everything in between. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sex, Love, and Superpowers podcast show. I am your host, Tatiana Berende, and today I have a very special guest with me, Sophia Sundari. And we are going to be talking about the power of conscious menstruation. There is a lot of amazing depth um, and wisdom around this topic, and I'm really excited for the conversation. Let me tell you a little bit about Sophia before we dive in today. Sophia Sundari is an international transformational leader, tantra teacher, best-selling author of the book Liberation into Orgasm, founder of the Serpent Mystery School and the Priestess School, and facilitator of courses on sacred sexuality. She helps people all over the world return to their original erotic innocence, power, and love. Welcome to the show today, Sophia. Thank you, Tatiana. Very happy to be here with you. Yeah, happy to have you. Um, so we are going to go to a break before we dive into this conversation. But before we go to break, I would love for you to share with our listeners what your superpowers are. Oh, the superpowers. I think I have um, one very strong one, which is uh, my receptivity. Um, I'm very receptive in my energy, in my body, also uh, on, in my higher uh, self parts. I feel I'm just feeling everything all the time. And that's what inspires me to create and manifest things here. Mm -hmm. So maybe we stick with one for now. (laughs) Yes, we are all multifaceted superpower beings, but I love that. And um, it's perfect for the line of work that you are in, that that feminine receptivity. Um, So like I said, we're going to break before we dive in. Before we do so, will you please tell our listeners where they can go to find out more about you and your work? very welcome to check out my brand new i'm so proud uh, brand new website that is getting launched in just a matter of days mm. um so it's called sofiasundari.com sofia was an f and there you can find all the ways to dive in with me and um uh, also i'm very active on social media on instagram on facebook um, so these are the great ways, and also I'm um, happy to share uh, a little ebook that I wrote exactly on the subject that we are going to be discussing, uh, and uh, it's called the uh, Moon and Woman: The Secret Feminine Codes and Cycles. Uh, so I find that this is essential wisdom for women and men, and also uh, for those who want to deepen into the work that I do. I'm very happy to offer this very special lockdown opportunity and also for people who are tuning in with us to join uh, one of my online courses with a big discount, with 50% discount. So we will leave those links uh, somewhere. Yes, so those links will be up on the website. So if you want to access that really special offer that um, Sophia is so generously sharing with our listeners, you can go to superpowerexperts.com. Um, and find this episode or them and the links will be will be there so uh, stay tuned we are with Sophia Sundari we are going to be discussing the power of conscious menstruation and we will be right back hello everyone this is Tonya Don Reckla executive director of superpower experts and we want to thank each of you for making Superpower Up the number one podcast network for personal development and spiritual growth. Because people like you have the courage to say that mindfulness, healthy living, disrupting reality, the pursuit of consciousness, responsible entrepreneurship, and radical parenting matter. We now amass over 1 million downloads monthly in more than 90 countries. Our numbers keep growing because there are far more people willing to live divergently than mass media wants to acknowledge. For you, the change makers, the light bearers, the way showers, we say thank you. If you're ready to take the next step in your evolution, go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz. And as Neva Lee Rekla, our youngest podcaster, likes to remind us, remember, we all have superpowers and we can change the world. Okay, 
So um, part of why I wanted to talk about this, I mean, you you cover such a, a range of, of beautiful things that are totally appropriate for our show. Um, but part of why I wanted to dive in specifically to menstruation today um, is because, A, I think it's something we don't talk about enough uh, as, as women. Um, I think especially, you know, you're in a different part of the world than I am, but especially here in, in the States, there's a real... Um, a lot of women are not friends with their menstrual cycle. Um, they, they want to try to get rid of it or, or, um, diminish it, or it, it's seen as a big inconvenience. Um, and yet it's this, in my experience, very sacred process that our body is going through every month. Um, and, life changes dramatically we can, when we can start to orient towards it as such. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, generally it's a big taboo subject, just like sexuality um, and our menstruation. Those are those taboo subjects that we don't really get education as we grow up on, unfortunately, and that creates just so much distortion, so much disconnection from something as sacred as our sexuality, as our human body, really. And then just uh, cultivates this shame in our culture, and uh, with shame we just keep getting further and further from uh, the sacredness of who we really are. So, yeah, very happy to speak about this. It's a very dear subject to my heart. I feel like it changed my life, actually, when I really understood it and just how I function. And actually, I'm happy to explore a bit beyond menstruation, just like all the different as women, because we are not the same woman every single day. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. So why don't you share with our listeners a little bit, you know, about your journey with this and, and how it evolved into the work that you or how you understand it now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel, um, well, I've always had some challenges with my period, and I started to contraception, contraceptive pills even before I started having sex, which is considered to be just one of the horrors that modern medicine does. And I mm-hmm. think that really um, created a pretty bad damage in my system, which took years to, to heal afterwards. That's interesting. Um, I have a, so, I have actually the same, the same experience, uh, right? Uh-huh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So terrible. Like at the age of 14, uh, I was not even, having like regular period that it's like they were so unstable so i was a bit worried about this and they just didn't find anything better than just to give me contraceptive pills mm-hmm. so that really um yeah upset my system and uh, i started to have very irregular periods so sometimes they would just be like 60 days sometimes or like after the first day of the bleeding there will be like a 60 day gap or other times like even more sometimes less sometimes 30 sometimes 40 so it was always a bit of a volatile and then i discovered that i had polycystic ovary ovary syndrome which uh, i track as something being developed because of that uh, hormonal treatment when at such a young age uh, and yeah, and uh, when I started my journey, because I used to be a lawyer working in Russia, and then my whole life just changed, changed so dramatically. So I ended up, I found myself in the tropics in Thailand and uh, studying with uh, tantra gurus and uh, exploring meditation and going into 10 day silent meditation retreats. And uh, so, with all this, my uh, spiritual journey began, and I was practicing a lot of hatha yoga, a lot of tantra yoga, um, a lot of meditation, and also, of course, healing, uh, natural healing came my way. And uh, then um, I started discovering more of uh, yeah, how to heal ourselves inside without the use of the pills for any kind of symptom that mm-hmm. we don't like. And uh, one day I um, came across this amazing wisdom that is so fundamental, I find, to being a woman. And it is so ridiculous that just such a small percentage of women know about this. And the wisdom is about our cycle. um, Because most people know about just those like few days of bleeding. 
um, and um, we think that that that's what the cycle is but where in fact it's just one part of the cycle and mm -hmm. in fact it goes uh, like our body goes through a whole series of amazing changes uh, and it's cycling through phases and that extend over the course of like 28 30 30 something days generally and in fact like the any kind of disbalance in those like if some women are having really long period period or, or really extended cycles or really short ones or they experience very intense pain during period or very intense premenstrual syndrome so all of those things that mean that we actually not living in harmony with our body and it's quite, uh, and we sometimes think, oh, women are so unpredictable. One day she feels like this, next day she feels like this. And you never know what to expect from her. But actually, it's not that unpredictable. It's just like we need to understand those four phases. And then our biochemistry of our brain changes from in each of those phases. And actually, it is predictable. But uh, we need to learn to feel the body. And when we really deeply feel the body, uh, then we can also adjust to it and really behave in a way how our body wants to behave, not in that linear way where it's our society is built on this linear patriarchal cultural way of being. Like, okay, you're supposed to perform the same way as you performed yesterday, and you cannot. You're you're a different person than you were yesterday. So because the brain changes, and um, that's that really changed everything for me, and that really regulated my. Uh, um, uh, the whole hormonal issue that I had, uh, um, like my periods became much more regular. I wouldn't say that they are like, like some women have like exactly the same number of days every single month. For me, they became just much more regular and I just accepted that it's part of how I function. And uh, I just also learned to understand that um, sometimes if I feel or I think I feel lazy, I'm actually not lazy, it's just my body that needs to be much more yin. And other times I feel like so outgoing and so full of energy and can really do some intense workout, for example. And it's also because my biochemistry is supporting this. So this is the wisdom of the cycles. And, and it really, and another thing actually that it really uh, changed for me was that when I discovered that I was married, and um, always when I was on my period, I would uh, like towards the kind of the later years of our marriage, we would have really intense fights with my husband at the time. And it was like always pretty much like my period means we're going to fight. <laughs> and then I learned that actually during my period, I should just be quiet. I should just be mm. really by myself and quiet and just be in my own process and process all my feelings, all my emotions and not even came to him when I was on my period <laughs> I was really taking like little retreat and that really changed our relationship also it really 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 helped it uh, so that's also very useful information for men and share it with men and men find it quite fascinating actually because also the way we make love changes mm -hmm. from day to another it's how we get aroused changes um, so that's my yeah. journey that was that yeah and I think I, I think that little retreat time is um I, I think especially in Western culture, there's this like this uber masculinization of the feminine, right? And we're supposed to just always, always be able to go and, and work and do all the time. And, and yet the truth is we have these, these cycles and these, these ebbs and flows and it's, it's not authentic or healthy for us to be on all the time, to be always going, always pushing. You know, there's like all these products and, and medications and things that you can you can stuff your body with and um, to act as if you're not having a period, mm -hmm. right? And I and I think there's a lot of damage that we're doing in that. And I personally believe that some of the intense pain that women experience during that time is a it's like a collective womb calling out for us to slow down and stop. You know, mm. it's like, okay, if you're not going to stop, I'm going to make you stop. Mm. I'm going to make it so painful for you that you have to stop. Um, mm. Because we're not, we, we don't have that pause integrated into our, into our lives. And I think for me, um, 
it's it's fascinating to hear you share your story because I have a very similar. Um, I was also diagnosed with PCOS very young, and um, you know, put on birth control before I was sexually active, and um, and that's impacted all sorts of things in my life. And and for me, a, a big part of you know my journey into into the world of natural healing was through um, tending to my menses um, in a in a different way because I, I, I was having such extreme pain and extreme bleeding. And I went to it's like four or five different doctors and they told me there was absolutely nothing wrong with me. And I just knew in my heart, this is not normal. What I'm experiencing is not normal. Um, and and I, was, I was very blessed to be, um, most of my adult life I've spent um, at the feet of elders in, in different indigenous wisdom traditions, especially here in North America. And, and I didn't understand it because there some, some tribes have real strict um, taboos around ceremony and menstruation. And I remember when I first started in, in the work um, in the ceremonial work, I, I felt a lot of, um, anger i felt like it was this like oppressive thing to tell me that i was not allowed to attend ceremony when i was on my moon right when i was menstruating that that was not okay um and i and i went through a, a lot of struggle with that in, in the first couple of years when i was when i was working on on the red road path and um you know praying in in lodges and and things like this and um i was very blessed to have some some female teachers who were able to teach me about um, the sacred, the sacred time that menstruation is. And that the reason why um, in, in a lot of cultures, women on their moon time are not participating in, in the um, larger ceremony is not because they are taboo or they're dirty or they're bad or they're being ostracized, but it's because they're already in their own sacred ceremony. Menstruation is that time. And, and, you know, for when we don't have a, a cultural understanding of that and the pause built in, it does feel like a, like we're being ostracized, you know, or like we're being cast out because we're not allowed to, we're not allowed to go and be and, and pray during on that time. Right. Um, and yet for me, it's been, it's been such a powerful journey of healing and transformation to, to really treat my menses as ceremonial time. And I know for me, it, like my meditation practice, my, um, my ability to connect when I, when I sit in, in prayer and meditation during menstruation, there is absolutely no barrier to connection. It's like, I'm there. I don't have to, the thoughts aren't, aren't like filtering in and taking over. There's, it's, it's, it's almost it's like immediate, pure alignment when I, when I create the space. And for me, there's, there's such richness and depth in that, but we have to be willing to create the space to allow it to come through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I love what you're saying. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, like we, we kind of we've talked about a little bit before we got on the recording, like it's, this is a really intense time right now. And um, and I, I'm not sure, you know, exactly where we're going to be at when this when this episode airs, because there's there's usually a lag time between recording and, and when these when these episodes actually go out into the world. And yet, um, one of the things in, in my journey, because I, 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 I went so deep into studying, um, you know, the blood mysteries through this, because if I wanted to understand, um, why it was considered so taboo, why, why our only, you know, answers to it have been to sort of lock it up, stuff it up, stop it, right? Um, medicate it. And, and one of the things that I, I came across in, in, as I was sort of tuning into these blood mysteries was, um, 
the the understanding that the women's blood is a is a gift to the earth and it is it is meant to be that there is a um a reciprocity that we have with the earth and and our blood is designed to return to her and that um when that when that is no longer happening it's almost like there is a there's a blood debt that has built up right blood will be will be given what blood will be spilled blood will be returned to the earth um whether it's the women's blood or not and that the more of us who can come into conscious awareness of how we are in relationship to our blood and can return that to the earth um the less need there will be for blood to fall in other ways for there to be bloodshed um and that's been a really interesting um story it's it was so many years ago now i can't even remember where i where i heard that and i don't know if you've come across that at all in your in your work and your study with this mm it's powerful um yeah um, it feels like um uh definitely like this piece about that it's dirty yeah that uh, there's something dirty about menstruation and then of course uh, then there comes this interpretation as just like you said they wouldn't allow to join the ceremony but and then we interpreted that oh it is because we are dirty something like this or also in hindu temples or in mosques uh, in uh, other like holy places it's written sometimes women on menstruation are not allowed and then uh, the patriarchal Uh, society is explaining to us that it is because women are dirty and need to be mm -hmm. uh, kept away from those holy places but in fact uh, yeah actually in those ancient times when or like in those times when the temples were originally built then actually the society knew that women are not supposed to not only go to the temple they're not supposed to do anything <laughs> they're supposed to stay at home and um, be very present with their dreams with their feelings in some tribes uh, women were asked to journal during their menstruation so that after the menstruation they could come out and share with the tribe what they what they felt what they saw so that the tribe could align their actions for the next months according to that mm -hmm. so in fact it's this this feminine power that um is such a feared thing we are so scared of it because that's the power of the earth really that's the power of this creation and um, exactly yeah now we are all taking a break or we were all in to take a break and so many people came across their traumas right it's like mm -hmm. it's like so many people had finally time for me for example i had finally time not to travel every month because normally I, i have trainings every month and i have to travel to different places to facilitate those events and uh, now i could cancel everything i had to cancel everything right because then of I quarantine yeah exactly and then i could turn towards myself and actually discover things that i never had time to even feel and uh, it feels like that's the invitation for all of us to really uh, sit with all there is and all there is is like yeah what is life like all that is created by life all our emotions that we don't want to feel all this is power of the feminine and uh, no wonder that uh, powerful women were called beach, uh, beaches but witches <laughs> and uh, stoned to death and burned on fires because like those women they like it's like the, the feminine consciousness is so broad naturally and so naturally women are uh connected to flow of all of life um that uh, when a woman really owns this power she becomes the most feared individual on the planet um yeah so well there's a there's a, a part of that power that uh, we disowned and hence yeah. uh, disowned a big part of ourselves yeah and i think there there's a great responsibility that comes with that power and i think mm -hmm. um I think you know I I I I came on this um many years ago when I was at the early stages of of 
this work with with menstruation and and the womb mysteries and all of this and you know it, it struck me that probably there were women historically who used that power irresponsibly or who mm-hmm. used it to cause harm right yeah. and 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 so fear fear was warranted <laughs> you know that that fear had to come from somewhere right if if that power had always been held um in a way that was serving the people that power would not be feared mm-hmm. so at some point in time there had to have been women who were not using it appropriately we cannot just consider what happened historically and look at it and say we we are victims right i i don't believe that and i and i and i have seen myself and i have seen other women use our power irresponsibly and detrimentally right so i know that that we do this and which is part of why i feel so passionate about um bringing women to consciousness of of their power because and and so that we can use it in a good way because imagine um you know at, at the at the sundance that we go to they there has been a, a very interesting journey with with uh with moon time and and how that sundance holds it um you know some sundances women on their moon aren't even allowed on the grounds and when i first started at this dance there was a moon lodge and the the instruction was that the women on their moon time had to have direct line to the arbor so that their prayers could go to amplify the dancers prayers because it was the understood that women are at their most powerful at that time and then the moon lodge was taken away there was a whole um journey with that um and then it was so beautiful this last year sundance didn't happen this year um or in it didn't happen in the same way because of because of the pandemic but um last year you know there was a a new teaching that was brought forward to say you know look when if you know that a woman is on her moon time bring her tobacco um in that culture bringing a woman tobacco is is or bringing um somebody tobacco is a a sign of deep respect um and uh say bring bring her tobacco and ask her to pray for you pray for your family because because when she is in her time she is most powerful and i think you know i it was so beautiful to have it held that way at the dance and and it just led me to wonder like what what would happen on this planet if women were empowered to that level to understand that we have this built-in sacred time where we are most connected to the divine and that's built into the design of our bodies and that that was honored and acknowledged as such like i feel like it would be game over like we like this this uh this ascension in consciousness it would be done it would be complete if that was honored that way mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I um I have some some research to do but I I recently and I was I was curious if if you've heard anything of this because you and I share you know Eastern European lineage there my my grandmother was from Russia um and my my father grew up in Romania and um and I I was I was in conversation with somebody a couple of years ago I was I was in a um ancient trauma healing course um studying how how trauma has been has been healed um in different ancient cultures throughout the the centuries and in one of our one of our classes we had a man on who um beautiful beautiful um high priest and he was sharing that um in ancient transylvania you know you, we hear about vampires um and he was he was saying that the origin of you know this whole like blood sucking story um is actually a, a huge distortion of a 
um, a practice where there were, he called them nuns, but I don't, I think they existed outside of, you know, traditional Christianity. Um, he said that there was a practice where the, the nuns, the, the women, um, their sole job was to live their lives in prayer. And the, the blood that they shed every month was considered sacred because of the vibration that they were carrying in their bodies throughout their days. Um, and the, the way that then it would come through the blood and it was used to heal. It was used, um, in, in ritual ways. Um, but it was considered sacred and holy and it was, it was caught and it was used. And that's actually where like somehow that got distorted into what we now think of as vampires. But I thought that was fascinating. Yeah, um, I recently told about this to a woman that I was seeing for face massage. <laughs> and she said that, uh, cause I told her like that it's sacred, that it's powerful that it can heal. And she said she started putting um, blood on her scars and scars started to turn pink. So they started to heal. Although the scars were like from, I don't know, 15, even 20 years ago. Uh, so it, it is uh, exactly that. It's incredibly potent and it's been studied and it's full of calcium and so many women are deprived of calcium, full of iron. So many women are iron deficient. Um, so uh, it's it's full of incredible nutrients, at least uh, what is also uh, quite a useful practice. Uh, we can mix menstrual blood with some water and then offer it to the plants. And then the plants are growing much more uh, fast and much more powerful. Um, so definitely some women use the menstrual blood for face masks uh, and it's also like healing and rejuvenating qualities. Other women also drink their menstrual blood and uh, it may sound very intense for people who never tried it, but it is full of those powerful um, micro elements and um, full of uh, substances called ojas in um, um, the tantric tradition or jing in the Chinese Taoist, uh, the, that essential uh, substance of our body, which is a very powerful like way of carrying our spirit, actually. So, and as we absorb it back, or whatever we give our blood to, it will receive that essential um, aspect as well, the essential nectar of our being, really. Um, so when women are drinking their bodies, like they're preserving their um, uh, fundamental force, uh, fundamental power, um, and that's uh, the uh, the doesn't even taste bad. Some people think it tastes bad. Actually, if a woman is healthy, it will taste pretty good, and it's like recycling kind of also happening there. You know, it's it's fascinating to me that there's so you know, you can sort of feel people cringe when you even bring something like that up, right? There's this mm -hmm. like, like initial response of disgust. And yet we're so willing to watch people murder each other in real life. Like we have viral videos of people being murdered, right? Mm -hmm. In real life. And also on, on, in our shows and movies and everything, you know, there's like blood and gore. And that's like, that's like a whole thing that people want to see. And yet you talk about, um, you know, you, you open up the subject with people of, of, of treating a, a natural element and a natural process in, in a, in a respectful way like that. And there's just this, like, this like visceral disgust that you can feel sometimes come off of people. And yet everything you're saying is so, so true and, and accurate. Yeah, that's how far we've, uh, we've moved away from all that is natural, all that is easy, like knowing that the body is sacred. It's not producing anything horrible and ugly. It's like the, when the body is kept and held and in uh, respect and all the things it produces, it's, they're also natural and fine um, so yeah I think it's a step of, of uh, really accepting ourselves yeah because we have come also very far from really loving and totally accepting ourselves as human 
with all of its parts, yeah, because it's easy to accept parts that kind of look like those from magazine cover or something. But how about accepting like really deep, dark parts of ourselves or some parts that don't look perfect according to our standards? So um, that's also I feel what what is called for healing in these times where we need to learn to love the human totally. Yes. And you. Yes, the the good, the bad, and the ugly, all of it, and and none of it is ugly when you when you really start to step into acceptance like that. What you're what you're speaking to, mm-hmm. yeah. So for for someone who's listening to this, who's like, okay, how do I go from hating my period to some of what we're talking about? What would you say as like some some first steps? Well, I feel the um, first step is just like understand this, the wisdom of those cycles and understand that uh, the period feels terrible only because we try to behave in an unnatural way. Because some women, for example, like uh, the best thing to do during period is to lay down and do nothing. You know, like right. they don't, don't allow women to go to temples. So just stay, stay at home, lay down, do nothing. Clearly, some women have their job and their kids and lots of things to take care of. But find a way to just ease off this intensity and just make it your religion. <laughs> you know, if we really need to believe in religion, it's like the most important religion to believe it is the religion of ourselves, of our body, of our well-being. Because when we feel good, then everyone benefits, not only ourselves. Uh, because uh, then we become more harmonious with ourselves and then we can also bring more harmony to our loved ones and to the world. And so uh, first thing during the period is like, just don't push yourself. It's a time for rest, for total relaxation, for this yin phase, this phase of being, this phase of non-doing as much as possible. So this will already change things because uh, I noticed that when women have those really heavy, intense periods, it's normally because they keep pushing themselves. They mm-hmm. start to, they do some intense sports, they do some workouts, they work full on. Um, so just slow it down. And this for the whole duration of the period. But then also how you behave in the rest of the month also matters. Because uh, I, can, I will talk, quickly talk you through the phases of the cycle. Uh, so the first phase, it's a menstrual phase. Yes, exactly when there's this, the period of bleeding that we all know. Then uh, when the period ends comes phase two or follicular phase. And during this phase, the vitality and energy levels start to increase. And also uh, we start to feel like we're more direct, uh, directed outwards. We're more inclined to be social, outgoing, to start new projects. Uh, we feel easy to be physically active. So it's more like a bit more like a masculine energy, like more of this, like, okay, you can push a little, you can uh, go, like, achieve results. Like, you, can, you have more also, even the way the brain functions, it's more linear in this phase. And comes the next phase, which is ovulation, which is very short. Yeah, it's just like a couple of days of the cycle. So it's around four, day 14 to 16 after the start of the period. So that's a time which we all love because this is the time that nature created for us that we feel most, that we are actually most attractive. It's when our breasts become more even, our lips, our eyes, everything becomes slightly bigger and more symmetrical. Um, so the body is ready to conceive in this time. Yeah, that's the time when we can get pregnant and the nature wants us to get pregnant because obviously nature wants uh, procreation to happen so that life can go on. And uh, uh, that's a powerful phase which normally we feel at the top of uh, ourselves. It's a great time to just uh, do anything that where we need to shine because we're naturally shining at this time and being just very magnetic naturally. And then comes uh, the second phase of the cycle, or the, like the, yeah, the slowing down of the cycle, um, the luteal phase. And it's, these are the final days before the period starts. Sometimes it can be up to two weeks or even more. Uh, and it's um, st- slowly like our estrogen and testosterone uh, going down and hormonally and the hormones and progesterone is increasing and um, 
uh, progesterone is uh, increased, it's an invitation to go inwards, to really start to turn inward. And um, not naturally, we are less and less prone to go out, to be social, also having sex in this very active um, and explosive way. It's, it's just not really working with the body. Uh, in this phase and this is a very feminine phase of really feel, becoming more and more receptive more and more sensitive feeling and again this is also not the time to push and try to be uh, somehow different to what we are uh, what the body is calling for um, so and then it's a preparation for the menstruation and then slowly slowly then if we uh, yeah, if we really allow ourselves to slow down, then naturally the menstruation will be like a product of that phase, and the menstruation comes, and then the cycle begins again. So when we honor all of those uh, parts of the cycle, then the menstruation becomes much more natural because also sometimes, you know, this whole emotional outburst, what I was saying before, like um, what I was experiencing with my ex-husband, like this full-on emotionality, it's like as if we, we were, because we were like repressing ourselves throughout the whole cycle or I was doing it and like not allowing myself to feel actually what I was feeling throughout the whole month and trying to behave in some specific way that I wanted intellectually. Uh, then all this build-up re repression, it all kind of sums up, and then during period it has to come out. <laughs> like everything has to come out. Mm -hmm. But if we throughout the whole cycle we move in accordance with our biochemistry, if we also allow ourselves to feel, and especially in the second phase, like after ovulation, then we really like our, uh, let ourselves like really listen to ourselves, really nurture ourselves, really care for ourselves, then everything harmonizes and the, the periods also become less dramatic mm -hmm. and also less you push yourself the less drama everything uh, is causing so i find that that's a big one and also you know you asked how can women start to accept at least uh, and that their periods might be uh, beautiful might be sacred mm. i find that another beautiful practice is to uh, learn to tap into free bleeding Mm. You know, free bleeding when we don't use the tampons, when we don't use the, the pads, we don't use anything. Basically, we don't even use moon cup or reusable uh, panties or anything like this. We just, uh, when we, we can learn to feel our vagina so strongly, so each time we feel like there is a blood that is ready to be released, then we just go to nature if possible. Yeah, for the ones who have the luxury of uh, having being close to nature or just to the bathroom, yeah, that's only option and release then. Mm -hmm. So like this, also the amount of blood we lose we diminishes and then we get into this direct contact with the blood and we start to see how much we bleed and how the blood looks. And then the, there's nothing dirty and it's not even smelly. The things that are smelly, that's just the chemicals in, in the uh, pads and tampons that are uh, getting in contact with blood and in contact with the air and then they create this unpleasant smell. But actually blood by itself it doesn't smell bad. So I feel like these are the first uh, beautiful steps to, to take. Yeah, and things I, I love that you brought up free bleeding because I think that um, a lot of we are so uneducated about how our cycles work. I think a lot of women think they're just always bleeding during mm -hmm. their period. Mm -hmm. That is exactly. just constant. Yeah, and it's not. It's like actually there are specific moments when we, when the womb releases the blood. It's like several times throughout the day, depending on how heavily uh, the flow is. Uh, but it's actually, and we can feel, we can literally feel mm -hmm. when the cervix opens and allows the blood to come out. And then we can even uh, learn ourselves, our body so intimately, so we can even squeeze the muscles of the cervix and keep this blood in until we are ready, until we're in a good place to release it. Yeah. And there are practices, I mean, I know a, um, a Taoist practitioner who, d who doesn't bleed anymore because mm -hmm. she has um she has been cultivating you know you you mentioned it being like our our, our jing or our, our our life essence comes in that blood um mm -hmm. and and so she she has learned over the years of her practice how to how to hold it in the body 
and and recycle that energy kind of like you know when with men withholding their ejaculation and recycling that energy um mm-hmm. similarly I, mean, I think that's a really high level of practice um and definitely not everyone i mean most people aren't going to do most of the things that, that we just named anyway and that's like mm-hmm. the you know the next level of of it but um but yeah it's it's not really like uh, I, I know quite a few women who who did like they can actually definitely everyone can can diminish their menstruation just by following those things we talk about here uh, and uh, I also know a few women who stopped they decided to stop it's not menopause it's like their decision yes. and then there are and it's not also you know it's not just like random women like uh, just they just have the normal kind of life I don't know waking up. Uh, just doing like I don't know regular thing. No, yeah. it's a practitioner. Yes. Like, they practice. Yes. Like they do like full on spiritual practice all the time. All and the then time. They, within that practice, they know how to reverse the flow of energy so yes. it doesn't go down; it goes up. Yeah. So in in like esoteric traditions, it's, it's said that when our flow is turned upwards, we reverse like uh, uh, our whole like how our body functions and how and we spiritualize the body. So all our being kind of turns towards the spirit, towards the divine. And um, in that we kind of uh, spiritualize or ascend, uh, spiritualize the body also. So yeah. th- this is the practice of that. It's intense. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it for like an average person. No. And also there's beauty in this release. I find I really love my menstruation. I, I find there's also something really beautiful in this. So, yeah, yeah 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 and and i think um i think it is really important to acknowledge that that those that that is a level of practice that is you know not people who are living a normal everyday life like (laughs) like the majority of people you know those are the Mm -hmm. those are the the high level that's all they're doing all the time um and and because i think we can set up I, I know, especially in in spiritual communities um, that I have uh, that I have traveled in, um, there can be this expectation of like a place to get to um, spiritually, you know. And if we're not at that level, then we're somehow like um, not enough. Or uh, yeah, there's like there's like it, it, we make it these goals for ourselves spirituality Mm -hmm. becomes a goal instead of an embodied practice um Mm -hmm. so i think it's really important to not set up unreasonable expectations for ourselves too and to look at our lives holistically um you know like you said some women have i have children i i'm not always able to take um all the days of my menstruation off of life you know but I think there's a really, um, there's a lot of potency to, you know, like you mentioned those four phases and just being aware of the energy of them. Honestly, sometimes just that is enough to start to shift things, to just know that we have these different, different phases and different energies that come with that. Um, we can still be taking care of the kids and, and showing up to work and, you know, cooking and doing all the things that we do. Um, and acknowledge that the energy has shifted mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because, because, okay. because we will show up to those things a little bit differently. We will, I know for myself, like when I'm on my moon and, and I have an amazing husband who he's, he's journeyed with me on a lot of this study. And, um, and so he knows like he, he does his best to step up more, um, when it's possible to, to look after the, the children, um, during that time for me, you know, because he knows the power of it and he knows the energy of it. Um, and so I think it's really important to, to name that too, to have, um, partners and also communities that, that start to understand this, that that's what makes this possible, right? Where this, this doesn't work in an individualistic society where we're supposed to do everything by ourselves all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I also like, we're kind of circling back to what you said in the beginning beautifully about the um, responsibility. Yeah. That uh, not only we need to understand ourselves, understand our power, but also it is our responsibility to, to, to actually own it and to educate others about it. 
Um, and normally, sometimes women just get upset, like, oh, our power got taken away, or they don't understand. But did we explain? Did we educate others? So uh, that's also, yeah, that's, there are lots of wonderful men who are super happy to know this. And, uh, you know, if, ever, if those things are, if there are some tools, there are some, uh, there's some knowledge that can help us be more harmonious with each other. Like everybody wants to know this, right? Yeah. I cannot imagine that someone would want to know. Yeah, absolutely. And so if you're listening to this, you now have a resource to share with people um, who want to know this is this, everything we just shared with you. This is a, something that you can then go and share. You don't have to be the one to teach and educate if it's not embodied for you yet. That's why that's why I wanted to do this. And I, and I want to thank you so much, Sophia, for coming on the show today and having this conversation with me because I think a lot of really good stuff um, and important information was shared here. And so now, now here is a resource and a tool. And, and Sophia offers another beautiful resource on her website. So please make sure to go and, and check out her website, um, sophiasundari.com. And you can, you can receive that free ebook. And again, I want to remind our listeners of, of her very gracious offer for 50% off of, um, of some of her offerings. So we, we will include those links on the website. And again, just thank you so much for, for taking the time out to be with us today. Mm, thank you so much. Yeah. Really enjoyed talking to you and thank you everybody for tuning in with us. Yes. And to our listeners, thank you so much. This show would not exist without you. So I love you, love you, love you. If you have not yet gone and checked out the ways to play with us at superpowerexperts.com, what are you waiting for? Please go do that. Um, there's so many fun ways and they're constantly expanding. And one of the things I love about us at SPE is that there's constant expansion happening. This is why I've been able to stay for so long because it uh, keeps me entertained and excited. And um, there's lots of ways to play. So go check us out there. Download the app so that you can listen to your favorite shows right there at your fingertips. Look for the Superpower Net on the App Store. And until next time, go out and love yourself so that you can love the world more deeply. Many blessings. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.